and um, I hear the first officer call out. And then the first officer jumps on the radio and he screams, holy sh! it's the goat man. And I mean, it's just like everything went quiet. And my, I, I could hear the ringing in my ears and I could feel my heart race. And so I hit my life and I went flying up there. I'd been told by some old, older people, elders there, you grab them and you hold them and you, you, you don't own them, but you, you hold them there until daylight. If you can hold them or pull it in, pull them into the light, it uh, destroys anything they have, uh, any kind of power or anything that, or anything they were trying to do to you, it'll, it'll destroy them. This guy was like bouncing, like, you know, like how you, you see people kind of getting ready to jig, you know how they kind of bounce? Yeah, he was like that way. He was just kind of bouncing, and he was just kind of going back and forth and one foot to the other. And uh, and he just kind of turned sideways, and he turned back over to the other way, and and uh, he took off. Holy shit, he jumped in Wanda. This is Lodge Tales. I'm your host, Rod Williamson, and thanks again for joining us on another episode. If you are Native American and you'd like to come on the show to share your strange and paranormal experiences, please consider emailing us at lodgetales at gmail.com. Welcome back, folks. Thanks for joining us again. Um, We have Arlen Potts with us this time around, and uh, he tells some stories about a a horseman, another story of a hat man, uh, some glowing red eyes. We talk a lot about Bigfoot. He tells a story about a massive one that he's seen. Then we go on to talk about, you know, that Bigfoot around sweat lodges and stuff like that. And um, also there's a story he tells about when one of those Bigfoot actually protected those people at a sweat lodge. It's a really good one. Um, he tells a story of a ghost phone call talk about some haunted schools around Rez, and uh, he tells another story about these, uh, well, what people call jack-o'-lantern, I guess, or jogging lantern, or whatever you want to call it, and uh, yeah, it's a pretty good episode this week. Um, so the Patreon episode is going to be released Saturday, um, that's the one after this, this would be episode 12, so episode 13 is going to be a patron episode it's going to be part two of Arlen's first uh set of stories with me and um i'd like to talk a little bit about the patreon side of this this uh podcast patreon um well if you become a member on patreon.com you just sign up for a a membership with them you put in all your info and from there you would search for Lodge Tales, you know, and then once there, you could, there's like these membership options you can pick, and um, I just have one on there, just a $5 membership that uh, gives you a bonus episode every month, so I only release one episode every two weeks, but, so as I do it, I get one free one out there in a two-week period, then I get another free one, but also that second free one, there's a patron episode so if you notice that there's episodes missing from the chronological order on there, that's where they're at. They're on Patreon. And um, so a little more about that. You you can become a member, but once you do, you can cancel it. I mean, because uh, some people ain't comfortable with this monthly commitment membership thing every month. So one way to get around that is just to become a member, catch up on all the episodes, and then just cancel your membership, you know. Maybe, like, wait a few months, then you could do it again. You know, you don't have to continuously give five bucks every month if you didn't want to, but that's just one way to get around that, because Patreon doesn't offer me a one-time donation. I thought it did, but no, I was wrong. You know, it it doesn't offer that. It's more geared toward the revolving charge on your, your card every month. That's what they're geared towards, supporting you know, people like this, and, and whatever else you want on there, gamers, whatever they, whatever's on there, whatever content you want to get out and have it monetized, basically. 
so yeah that's how patreon works and um let's go ahead and wait 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 my dog sometimes you'll hear my dog breathing in the background I'd just like to apologize for that he, he sits in here with me every time i'm recording these episodes and i'm editing and stuff <laughs> I, I was noticing when i was going through editing this one i kept hearing him breathe and sigh and stuff <laughs> he sleeps right there by my feet when i'm doing all this but anyways uh well let's get into it with arlen all right our next guest is uh arlen I'll go ahead and let him introduce himself, say a little bit about himself, and and lead us into his stories. All right, Arlen. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, my name is Arlen Potts. Uh, from here on the Blackfoot Reservation, I grew up in Heartbeat, a majority of my life. Natanico uh, Sipioto. My Pikuni name is uh, comes at night. Um, and listening to the story. The stories a lot of you folks have out there, I figured I'd add my own, you know, similar experiences. Uh, I guess we'll get into that. Uh, I've been in law enforcement since 2012, and uh, I've had my share of experiences with, I guess, you'd, what you'd call the paranormal. That's what the paranormal is what the Nautical and say, and, uh, you know, I guess any other experiences. But I know as, as, as becoming... Uh, you know, a lot of us don't talk about certain things and stuff like that, and um, some of them are scared, eh, or whatnot. Me, I like to hear other people's stories. I'm not, I'm not afraid. I like to venture out and just hear other people's experiences and and, and see similarities there of my own that I've encountered, especially, you know, in law enforcement and uh, kind of the things that go along with that. You know, that's a that job in itself has you're going to definitely experience things out here that. I guess it's hard to explain or accept for some people, but, you know, growing up traditionally, it's just, you know, you just know <laughs> just how it is. I, I mean, that's the only way I can explain it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the first story that I can remember growing up, uh, the first time I've experienced something that I can remember is when I was around five years old, maybe six. I was just a little guy, uh, in Heartbeat, I grew up in the Skunk Village there. It's just north of, or uh, I guess it's uh, the north side of Heartbeat, I would call it. And uh, it was probably about midday, and it was a nice day. It was really a nice summer day. And just below our house there, where uh, Alvin and Dwarf Spots used to stay, just below there, there was a little, uh, what we used to call a sand pit. I'd go down there and play, you know, just, you know I'd just be by myself sometimes if I had nobody to play with, so. I remember playing facing the east side of Hunt Butte, and that was just below uh, the campgrounds there, maybe two, two, three hundred yards from uh, the campgrounds, if that. And I can remember uh, playing and looking down, and it was sunny out, and I was by myself, and there's nobody around. And then my old man, I think he was in the house, my mom, I don't think she was there, she was probably in town, and uh, Something just told me to look up, look up, look towards the campgrounds, you know, look kind of southeast. And I remember looking up and then, and whole, you know, I seen, I'll do what I can explain. I seen something walking in that little opening by the trees there. Uh, there's like a brush line there, but you could see an opening. There used to be an old house there. There used to be a bunch of junk cars, like a junkyard, eh? Mm -hmm. So I remember... <clears throat> looking up and the only way I can explain this is uh it was kind of like a bright buckskin looking horse type thing and it reminded me of a horse with a jacket on you know those old leathermans back in the day kind of yeah. like in the 50s where you join a club and they got those fancy coats with cuffs and they're kind of silk type hey. material yeah and that's what it had on and it's but but it was walking on two feet and it was walking from west to east towards that house Oh. And this thing, this thing was massive. It was like an actual, like full-grown horse standing up on two feet, walking like a human. Eh, that makes sense. Oh, and that's the first thing I've seen something like that. Uh, and it was like a bright buckskin color type thing, but he had some spots on him. I couldn't remember. If you remember that movie, uh, that Disney movie, Beauty and the Beast, it's similar like that, like the Beast, I guess. Oh, but it had a coat on, huh? Yeah, and he was walking upright on two feet, kind of swinging. And 
he was walking towards that house, eh? Oh, and I just, you know, I was, I was just like five, six years old. Of course, I froze. Yeah. Something told me to look, and I froze, and immediately I got uh, apprehension fear, you know. I got scared, oh. but I froze, and I watched him walk across that little flat and walk towards the house. And then obviously when, when he when he kind of went away, you know, I finally broke out of my fear, and I jumped up, and I took off towards my house. <laughs> That was the only one. Had like a regular head like a horse too? Yeah, like the the shoulders area and the big neck part was huge. That's why it looked so unnatural just watching him walk. Weird. Yeah, that's why I froze and uh, got scared, you know. I was just a little kid. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Seeing something like that when you're a little guy, you know, he's, you know, mad. Mm-hmm. Always remember that and... Uh, that was the, one of the first, probably the first time I've ever experienced something like that. And uh, of course, at nighttime they told us, you know, don't don't play out in those areas. Uh, yeah, stay close to the house and whatnot, stuff like that, in the lights. Oh. Growing up out there, uh, you know, another similar, another time I'll tell you, in the same area, you know where the campground is, you know, in Hartbill. Mm-hmm. Just north of there, there was that first house in Scott Village on the corner. That was my parents' house. Oh, okay. And uh, she must have been like a teenager. And uh, I told my old man, I said, I'm going to go for a run. And there used to be just one lagoon around Hartbill. Mm-hmm. He said, okay. I said, uh, and it was mid-evening, so it was kind of, the sun was up and everything. It was a good, good summer day. So I went for a run. I started on from my house. I went down to... Uh, where that old Skunk Village Road used to be. Mm-hmm. And I ran north, I ran south towards Heartbeat around that lagoon. I cut over left, and I went towards the campgrounds. And just as I was coming up on the brush line there, you could kind of see where that creek bed goes and kind of go, continues east, eh? Yeah. Well, as uh, soon as I uh, got close, and I got close to the brush line, and that's when they were, they were going to start the digging for the new lagoon. There's two lagoons there now. So they were making another one on the east side, and uh, they made these big man-made tunnels, I think, for their piping and stuff, you know? Yeah. They were like big, uh, they're not tunnels, but they were, uh, what do they call that? Trenches. Oh, yeah. And they were, they were, they were pretty tall, and they dug pretty deep in the ground. And just as I'm running, you know, I'm getting my, getting a good, uh, good uh, trot going, you know, good, I'm going good, and uh, starting to wind a little bit, you know, get tired, and uh, I look to the right. And I see this figure, uh, this big, tall figure, kind of in line with me, not pacing me, but in line. And he's further to the east of me, and he's in that little creek bed part, and he's walking north. And I see he has like a, uh, you ever, you know, wrestling, you know, the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. He's kind of dressed like that, but the top of his uh, his hood part it goes up like, a, well, I don't want to say like the KKK, but you know, just like a big robe. Yeah. And uh, I could see kind of the front of his face in the way. And he was like pale white. That's all I could explain. And I seen his arms crossed together, like his hands crossed. And uh, of course, it looked unnatural, especially for, you know, heartbeat at that time. Like, who the hell is going to be walking around like that, you know? Yeah. And immediately when I did that, like, again, something told me to look over there. And I looked over there, and of course, again, I got, you know, I got scared. (laughs) And so all I could do was, like, then I didn't get tired, of course. Like, my fight or flight kicked in. And shit, man, I was just jumping over those uh, things, you know. Because they was like, because uh, I knew if I fell in one shit, that was it, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, so, so I, I hauled I it. And I, I, was, I was, that whole time I was running, I was scared. I looked back, you know. Like, I was going full, full 100% sprint. And uh, I was just hoping my, my dad would see me, would see me, you know. And so I got to the house, and the second I got to my porch, I jumped in my house, and I I kind of caught my breath, and I thought, shit, you know, whatever's coming, it's coming. I flip around, and I look, and there's nobody there. Of course, he doesn't come out. But he paced you right up to that point? Yeah, well, he kind of did, and uh, I knew I got a hold of him, ahead of him, once I start sprinting. Yeah. And then I was just too afraid to look back. But I, you know how you feel like someone can looking at you when you're running away, or I guess when you're walking away. Yeah, that's what was like the neck, the hair on my neck stood up. You know, 
Oh. All I could feel was uh, when you're sprinting, you know, and uh, all I could feel is like, uh, I don't know, just in the back of me. He's like, I feel like he was there, you know, like he was, gonna, like he was running after me. Oh. And I got, I, I know, you know, then I was in shape, really good shape. So, you know, I sprinted, I got there pretty quick, and then I ran in my house, and then I turned around to make sure he's not following me. Of course, there's nobody there. And uh, I tried to explain <laughs> explain that to my dad. And he said, yeah, well, just don't run that way no more, you know. Geez, so he was all in black but had a white face, huh? Yeah, that's what we can explain him. He was pale, huh? Just like mm-hmm. I guess how the, the black people would explain the old man or the Nopico on there. Like, yeah. Face old. But he, he, he just looked straight up. He looked really tall. And he was walking north, south to north over that creek bed. And we were probably, shoot, we were probably 75 yards, 50 yards from each other, if that. And that's when, you know, I've seen him. I was like, holy shit, you know, what? It, like, who is that, you know? And something told me, just go, get out of there. And that's when I sprinted and I got it. When I, I knew when I got ahead of him, of course, if he didn't see me then, he saw me then. I mean, if he didn't see me then, when I seen him, of course, when I got ahead of him, he saw me then, you know. And that's when I was like, he's going to chase me, you know. Oh. And, and here I am jumping over these uh, these big man-made uh, trenches, you know. Uh-huh. And I'm like just leaping over them, hoping I don't fall in one. You know? <laughs> there was a bunch of them. I'll never forget that. That was crazy, but scary, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and that was uh, that was another time. That same time, you know, that was, that was of course I was about maybe ten years older than I was the first time. Mm-hmm. But there used to be a junkyard there, and there used to be an old house there. And then now the house is gone. All the junk cars are gone. It's just kind of like empty now. Huh? It's that kind of in the area. I turned off going that Johnny Day Rider's old place. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Right there, there used to be a old house and junkyard. Huh? Oh, all right. And I've had, uh, I've heard some of my buddies growing up with my my brothers. They told me a story similar of. Uh, it was getting late. They lived in Hartview, and it was getting dark. And him and his buddy, or my other buddy, they were walking home. Huh? They lived kind of just past the campground turnoff, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so they're walking, and it's just getting dark. It just got dark, and they said they could be. They could, I guess they can feel or hear something following them in that area. So they kind of move up a little bit. They get closer towards the arbor, and they turn around. And they said the only way they can explain it then, as I understand, is they had red eyes, you know. Hmm. They were thinking of, like, it's some type of animal. And uh, then it starts chasing them. They can hear it dusting off towards them. And uh, they, of course, they're, they're, they're still young then. They're probably about, I think, 10, if that. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they, you know, they they, shit, they uh, go full speed, run the friend for heartbeat. And then, you know, right by heartbeat, they get out of the campground turnoff and they get onto the road in heartbeat. And then they look back and that's when they can see it. But it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't chase them all the way, I guess. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I've, I've never had that experience, but I've heard that one. And, uh, <clears throat> of course, I never walked that place that night, you know. Yeah. Its eyes were, was it glowing red or was it eye shine? Yeah. Yeah, we like to explain it. It was like it was glowing red. They could see it from a distance, like where it was. You know, one of my friends was, um, I don't know who was putting it on, but there was a Sundance or Ocon out, out near where you're talking about by Johnny Dayriders, kind of out that way. Yeah. And uh, everybody in that camp started um, complaining to that old man and telling him, hey, yeah, there's a, you know, there's something around here that keeps keeps messing with people. And it was a... Uh, well, they said it was one of those Bigfoot, you know, one of those nowhere people. They said it was one of those that was messing around with them. And uh, this guy, uh, my friend who was telling me about it, said he was really young at the time. And that old man made him uh, take that smudge, you know, whole bunches of it. And he said he made him walk around that whole encampment and um, and smudge it all out and ask that thing to leave him alone and quit bothering him. It quit after he did yeah. that. But I've heard I've heard about something, and, and, you know, red eyes, same thing, you know. Yeah. But I've yeah, my partner. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. My partners they were pretty scared. They they still remember it when they talk about it. <laughs> you know, we're all like thirty years old now, and mm-hmm. yeah, they still remember that. I think very vividly. 
I would too, you know. Yeah. It's like my experiences. I've seen things over there that, you know, I'm just like, oh, you know, now I'm like, damn, I wonder what those were, you know, like, yeah, I mean, I mean, it could just be, you know, whatever things passing through, but, you know, we're meant to see them in a way, I guess. Yeah, especially if its eyes are glowing, that's, that's really uncommon, you know. Just well, yeah. To, to have a glowing set of eyes, it's another thing to have a light flashed and the reflection. Yeah. Yeah, that glowing yeah. stuff's pretty, pretty creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, even as adults, I'd be like, holy shit, you know. <laughs> I go everywhere with a gun, so, you know. Oh, they start lighting it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. But then some things I see, you know, you just, you're taught to just leave them alone, you know, and mm-hmm. go about your, as long as they're not bothering you. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, oh, they, speaking of Bigfoot, I'll tell you my story. I've seen him once in my life, and that was enough to, uh, of course, you know, tell me, you know, that's, that's that was enough for me in my, in my life. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'll start here. Uh, it was 2010. I was just uh, hanging out at my brother's house in Browning there in uh, College Row. And I get a call from one of my friends. She gets stranded over in Pablo. They were over there for a stick game tournament or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, okay. And I don't want to say her name, just because uh, I don't have her permission yet, you know. But I imagine she, she'd be okay with it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll let her, you know, chime in with her side one day if she does come on. But uh, anyways, uh, she had was stranded over there. And I wasn't doing anything, you know. I had nothing to do that evening. And I was like, all right, well, her, uh, what happened was her, uh, her, uh, her ride over there, he got the intoxicated. <laughs> he had a party. <laughs> So he couldn't, you know, obviously he was doing that, and uh, she just wanted to come home, eh? Yeah. So uh, I said, all right. And this by this time, it was already like 6 in the evening. And it was summertime. So I was like, all right. Uh, so I gassed up, and I went over and made it through the pass. And by the time I got there, of course, it's late. The sun's down. Uh, I pick her up, and we start back from Browning. And... Uh, just about once we get past uh, West Glacier, you start in the pass and you get closer towards the, you know, that bridge, that big long bridge there. Mm-hmm. When you get up, uh, I don't know what that little place is called. I forget what it's called. But you kind of, it's a big long straightaway. You go further west, you come across this bridge. And I think it's in that area somewhere. Like Essex or something like that? Yeah, Essex. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so we get just past there, I believe, and then we come up, and then it's raining. You know, after it gets done raining, and it's all like, uh, like uh, foggy, you know. Mm-hmm. And as we're driving, I have my brights on. We're just kind of cruising through the fog and just minding our business. And man, I see this thing. Uh, I don't know if she saw it first, but I finally catch on to it from the left side, and I see this thing just cross the road. And I look, and my, at first in my mind's like thinking it's a bear, you know, because of the color. But then in my mind, I'm like, the bear doesn't walk on two feet. Mm-hmm. And how and how tall this thing was, it was really tall. And you can tell it was like a human type thing because it's you can see the, the breath coming out of its mouth. And it's like, uh, I'll explain it. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm a very large man, you know. Mm-hmm. But this thing was like at least twice my size, you know, at least. It reminded me of like a big tree or like a light pole walking across. That was the size of this thing. This thing was massive. And I seen him cross the road. He goes down in the ditch a little bit. And just in a couple of steps, I seen him walk into the trees there. Huh? And he was like, the only explaining was like, uh, he walked on two feet. His, his, uh, Imoita, the, uh, hairy person, uh, his, mm-hmm. his, uh, his, his his body was covered like kind of like a bear, I guess, you know, like their fur. Yeah. Like, explain it. And he walked just like a man. He swung his arms and his legs are moving. He's breathing out of the top of his his mouth. Almost like a snout. Like kind of it reminded me of like an ape, I guess, you know. But he was really hairy, even his face. And he just didn't pay attention to us. He just looked straight ahead and he walked into the trees and you know, off that point, once I realized I seen what he, what he is and, you know, where he was going, I was like, he, we were powerless if he was to do something, you know. There was nothing we could do. 
to really protect yourselves but run you know because you know that's all the size of that thing was and you could feel him you know you could feel that was something that was i guess not an animal but you know it just i guess the presence i felt because i looked over at my my friend and she kind of like just gasped and she was immediately scared eh? like she knew what it was she got scared too and of course i was a young i was only like what, 19 years old mm-hmm. i like i was like holy you know holy s did you see that and i was kind of trying to slow him down you know and she's like no 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 she was like freaking out just keep going and i was like okay yeah you know i understand and that was a yeah that was the first and uh first time i i've i've seen him and after that, of course, there was no doubt in my mind, you know, like, yeah, those are real. Of course those are real. I mean, you know, my old man even would talk about him and say, yeah, he's real, you know, he's out there, you know. Yeah. But that was confirmation for me. And if she's listening to this now, you know, she's, she's probably like, oh, yeah, you know. You know, we knew what we saw that night. And this was like at 2 or 3 in the morning going through the pass. Jeez, that seems really humbling, boy. I see something that big. <laughs> yeah, it was massive. There was I knew if something happened there was nothing we could do. We felt, you know, helpless, I guess, you know. Wow. But enough you know, like that big was intimidating, but it, you know, also too it granted that respect, like, yeah, I'm gonna leave you alone, you know, don't worry about me as we're passing it. We just kept going. Made it the heartbeat that next morning, I mean that following morning, but every now and then she'll bring it up well by Siri, you know, we'll talk about it. And I just wonder, you know, I think in, you know, he's wherever he or she was going their way and we were going our way. You know, that's that's what I think of it. Mm-hmm. And that's all. And people ask me about, hey, you got any Bigfoot stories or have you ever seen him? And some people are like, oh, I don't believe in him. I think he's just a myth. And, you know, in my mind, I'm like, holy shit. You know, I mean, I'm sorry. Holy ass, if you guys could see what I seen, you know, what I witnessed, like, you would understand, eh? Ooh. Yeah. Cripes. Yeah, that was uh, 2010, and uh, of course I've heard other stories of him, and, you know, like I listen to the podcast, and I can hear those stories of... But I do know in Heartbeat, just south of Heartbeat, there's Blacktail, eh? Mm-hmm. And they go back by stones, and... I've heard stories of them in there, I've heard stories of them up by uh, Horn Lake, and... Uh, my butterflies, Rutherfords, and spotted eagles further up. I've heard stories of uh, folks drinking up there. You know, that's like a kind of like area there. They drink by that whole lake, and they next thing, something will be hurtling big stones at in the water near them, kind of scare them off as they're partying. And uh, they'll, of course, they'll just leave. You know, yeah. it's something in them. Um, I had a partner, one of close my close friends. He was actually. Listen, right when he got out of the army, he, he told me about an experience he had up that way. As soon as he got out of the service, he went up there to camp and uh, something like that kept bothering him. You know, he'd even get out and shoot some rounds and scare it off. Finally, it was enough to uh, just run him off, you know, or he just left that area. Was it just so, throwing rocks at him and stuff? I think it was just bothering him. He could hear it and then he could hear it yelling, I guess. And, it, you know, he, he felt its presence, I guess, you know. Yeah. You know, when you're around certain things, you could feel them. Mm-hmm. You know, that me, like when I go in certain places as a police officer to a call or, you know, somewhere it's either bad or just abandoned or whatever, you know, you get those. I got to know how to explain it. You can feel things, you know. Yeah, you feel something's there. Yeah. 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 That's the way I explain it. And uh, similar to that, I guess it kept bothering him. Finally, one night he just got up. He said, uh, F it. You, you know, you win. I'm leaving, you know. And he did. He just got up and left. That was up by heartbeat. Uh, just below the mountain there. We were with Joe Can back in there one time, and we found a lot of weird stuff in there. Another time we were hunting. One time we got stuck there, and another time we were uh, hunting around in there. And man, I was finding these structures that looked natural. You know, you, yeah. if if you didn't really look at it, and you were just kind of walking around hunting, you know, looking down at the ground and through those flats and up those hills where they're bare, just, you know, just kind of walking around by P Eagles back in that way, you wouldn't yeah. notice. You wouldn't notice those things. But if you slow down and you start looking for them, man, you see structures all over back there. 
Yeah, and then there's there's other signs too that I believe they leave. You know, kind of like a uh, long time ago when Blackfeet would move camp, they would uh, step on those. Uh, oh, what do they call them? They're in the you see them in the prairies and the flats here. Uh, they're like uh, cactuses or something. They push on them, but when you step on them, they point to a certain direction. Hmm. Uh, things like that, you know, kind of telling people where they are. Hmm. Uh, you wouldn't know until you've seen it, you know. Mm-hmm. Just like, uh, see, we stay down here in uh, boarding school, you know, right down here on the creek. Yeah. He's in his government housings and uh, just below here, like, uh, you know, you got that creek where everybody swims at, kind mm-hmm. of that swimming spot. So me and my wife went down there one time, me and my wife and my little girl, we just like to take rides down there and look around and if there's animals like bears and stuff, you know, like to scare them off, keep them away from this area because we got a lot of, you know, kids play down there. Yeah. So we just kind of take rides down there and one day we took a ride and of course my wife, she's uh, really traditional too and she's very respectful of things like that, you know, and uh, we pull up to this one tree and we roll her window and she's like, stop, stop. So. I stop and I look right by this tree and it's twisted like it's tied in a knot, this big old branch, oh. you know, and it's a certain way. And the second I seen that and then she's seen it too, you can feel it, you know, I guess like that's a warning or like, a, uh, you know, like a, like a marker for somebody who's looked, if you know what to look for. And uh, I've heard of them being down here too on the creek, uh, Cutbank Creek, eh? If that's what this is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, uh, I've heard stories of them coming through here, you know, just passing through. Just like I'm in Heartbeat, like just uh, by Blacktail and just as you go to that Stones turn off to go back there, you know, I've heard of them crossing there with people. I've heard stories of them crossing the road and whatnot. But of course, you know, I've never bothered them. Because I've always heard people say, well, head up there at night, you know, and knock on a tree and see if you hear something respond back, you know. And I'm like, no, not that. I've seen them. I wouldn't do that either, you know. I wouldn't. I, I think they know when you're messing with them or you're trying to raise hell. I think they know, man, and they'll mess with you right back. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. They'll put the fear in you, boy. <laughs> yeah, that's what. I won't even. Uh-uh, I won't do that either. <laughs> yeah, that was. uh. That was, you know, my, at some point in my life, that was that was pretty pretty scary. But then again, it was pretty humbling, like you said. Humbling experience in my life where I won't seek them out, you know. Yeah. I I, I respect them if they come through here. You know, uh, that, that's fine. As long as they, you know, leave us alone, leave them alone, you know, type thing. That, that one old guy, he had, um don't really want to mention his name either, but he he had what, I don't know, they just called it Bigfoot medicine is what he had. And uh I don't know yeah. where he got it from. Obviously someone somewhere from them, probably a spirit, you know, one one of them that's a spirit. I yeah. think they're physical and spirit too at the you know. I think there's both. But anyways, he had medicine from them, I guess, and uh wow. you know I don't know too much more about it other than he had that and yeah. Yeah, but that, that right there always sticks in my mind. And, you know, because we don't know what that thing is. You know, those Imbuitipis, we don't know what they are. You know, mm-hmm. really, we don't. So you have little bits and pieces, little clues. If you if you tried to paint a picture of them, you might understand a little more, more so than mm-hmm. others. Who knows? But I don't know if we're really meant to understand really what they are, unless they come to you like that and give you medicine or something, you know, then you might. Yeah. I think they're one of those... Uh, secrets of the universe if you will you know that's what i think you know sometimes yeah. you just ain't meant to know what they are yeah especially i mean especially us you know because uh black you know we're prominent in montana you know mm-hmm. this is our, our, our main home one of them you know and um i know tribes over west use them a lot for uh healing and stuff like that or medicine as i was told but i got a story too my brother he told me his former in-laws come from uh Shoshone Bannock, eh? Mm-hmm. And so when he lived over there for a number of years, and he, uh, I guess his father-in-law or his grandpa-in-law, I don't know if that's what you'd say, uh, you know, he was like a, a medicine man over that way. Mm-hmm. So what he did is, you know, my brother would, would sweat with them or help them out, you know, support them in some way. And he told me this story, so one time, uh, he said they were sweating, 
and uh, they were getting ready to start. And uh, next thing he said, uh, something opened up that sweat lodge from a certain way. He kind of ripped it open, and kind of opened it. And uh, he said, the only way I can explain it was like a, it was a, this guy that looked pretty crazy. His hair was all shaggy. You know, his eyes were huge. And he just looked like a, like a caveman type thing. You see, it looked pretty scary. He said, you know, I guess he opened that lodge and he's like telling him, hey, what the hell are you guys doing here? This and that, you know, like screaming at him in there. Ooh. And uh, Edwin said, uh, <laughs> says his damn, uh, but he's, my brother said, um, he's, uh, the, the, the guy running the sweat, he started praying. He said, next thing you can hear this, you could feel this thing walking, this big, it was whatever it was, it was huge, walking like two steps, you know, boom, boom. You could feel a presence, he said. My brother said, next thing I saw him pick that uh, man up and ripped him away from that little hole that he opened. And they closed it. He closed that hole. Hmm. And he said, you can hear that thing say, hey, let me go, let me go, screaming at that. Whatever it was, picked him up. And you can hear it, boom, boom, walking away. And it walks towards the mountains or the hills or wherever the trees. He says, you can slowly hear it walking away. Next thing, he just gets quiet. <laughs> So he's thinking, my, my brother said, well, I think those Bigfoots, them, they use them for good. They came and took that bad spirit that was harassing them and then did away with it, you know, so they can continue their sweat. That's the way I interpreted it, the way he interpreted it. Yeah, that's that's really cool, man. <laughs> yeah, so that was from, uh, of course, a tribe from those areas. Eh? That was a interesting story I heard when he was telling me about them. It's Idaho, yeah. isn't it? Show bands? Yeah, uh, Pocatello, Idaho. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of mountains and trees and stuff down that way too, isn't it, where they're at? Yeah, he was telling me about that. Uh, I actually got family there from my uncle Mer on Merlin's side. He has kids there, but, you know, I never got to visit him about stuff like that in their ways, you know. Oh. Yeah, so that was pretty interesting, with, and, you know, with him and then, of course, everybody seeing him here, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, then again, you know, like, uh, you go to Heartbeat and you go, oh, you follow the mountain line, you know, the, the backbone of the world. And to me, I think there's a lot of things back there that we've kind of forgotten, especially as uh, a lot of our people converted to Christianity, you know, and stuff like that. And a lot of our things were like that, I believe, were kind of forgotten. Mm -hmm. And so now people go further back in there. Like, a lot of that was probably still untouched you know, for the last hundred years, and now people are starting to go further and further. They're starting to see things and experience things, and they don't know what they are, eh? Yeah. And, and I believe at one time, we, you know, as becoming people, we knew where we were. You know, we knew what those are. But, of course, we've lost our way of how to respect them and going through their area or, you know, how to handle them or deal with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I believe that. So a lot of these things that people are seeing and stuff, I believe our people have known about them for probably forever, and just now we've lost, of course, and kind of lost how to handle them, you know, or when you go somewhere, you know, you're going to somebody's place, you respect that, you know. Yeah. So that type of thing, I believe, and that's why there's a lot of stuff out there still that, you know, we yet to, uh, or I guess they're just starting to see it more, and people, of course, we don't have an answer for it now. Yeah, my my cousin was talking about that too when they they were sweating one time and one of them come there and that sweat same thing walked around that lodge, you know they even felt him he come in there and sat down I guess with them. Wow. But there's wow. there's more stories like that you know I, I bet you there's more out there even too about those coming around those sweats. Yeah, to me it's kind of like uh, you know I don't think they're bad you know I think uh, if anything I think they would protect you in a sense you know, I don't feel in danger unless i'm threatening them in some way you know yeah. of course they'll, they'll protect their their place you know mm -hmm. but of course respectfully too like you know all the times i've been hunting uh i've never seen them you know and i don't want to you know i respect them and you know if i do i go my own way <laughs> you know i won't bother them <laughs> yeah i'd be pretty scared to see one too like i never really seen one but like i said i thought i was around one one time but that, that was enough for me even because everything's so quiet when they're when I, whenever it was I thought it was around man I didn't really know kind of suspected it but 
it was so quiet man it was almost like my i don't know how do you make the river be quiet too that's that's really weird yeah. i don't know how that happens but there was something there i remember in uh that saying in law enforcement that we have is always trust your gut you know mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like one of those things oh, yeah. you, know, you know you feel something you know something always trust your gut that's that that's the way i see it in that situation yeah uh, and that's a good way to think too <laughs> so uh but yeah you know i've got more more uh i guess i got another story but i i probably not would say i probably shouldn't say you know because everybody in and them on this reservation knows where they're at mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's one story i probably sh- oh i'd tell you in person you know and just keep at that yeah what's well, all right yeah you, know, yeah you don't have to things, you know? Cause I don't want it bothering me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to dream about them. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Yeah. But um, yeah. So we can move on. Uh, see here, I kind of had a list, but I guess we'll just kind of go off my mind here. Uh, imagine people want to know, as a police officer, you know, they're always asking me, you know, what's what's something crazy that's happened to you. Um, let's see here. Shoot, I'd say about 2013, you know, I just got back from the academy. I was a boot, you know. Mm-hmm. I was just fresh, you know, and I get this call. And this dispatcher, I've had certain uh, other incidences with her. And out of respect, I won't mention her name, but if she's listening, she knows, you know, of course, she knows who she is. And to me, I always tease her because, you know, I always tease her. I'm like, yeah, you know, you talk to the dead, you know. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, well, I get a call. I'm in Browning. I'm living in Browning. I haven't lived in Hart Butte in a few years, so I'm in Browning, and uh, I go 10-8, which, you know, we start shift, and uh, it's about mid-evening, about right now, like, you know, you see the Natusi just went to bed, you know, and it's starting to get, like, darker, and I'm like, all right, and so I get a call. Dispatch uh, calls me and says, can you go out to Hart Butte, you know, the old Marjorie Kennedy Center, that old Hart Butte school by the clinic. We have a female calling saying that uh, there's somebody messing around in that gym, that old gym, and they want them out of there. They want them to leave. But they too, you know, they're probably scared or whatever to go in there and tell them myself. Of course, you know, I, I grown up in Heartbeat, I know everybody, and I'm thinking, all right, I'll just, I'm thinking it's kids, maybe. So I start out there, and I get out there just busy. It's getting dark. I take that left turn by the clinic, and I pull in there, you know, kind of, it's like a horseshoe mm-hmm. when you pull in there, and, uh, I look up to him, and I'm thinking there's no cars, nothing around. So I pull up. I tell dispatch, I'm 97 in one scene, you know, I'll my vehicle, see what's going on. So I get out, and I realize how dark it is. And uh, so I hit my alley lights and my takedown lights, except my red and blues, and turn my brights on and my spotlight, you know. And so I turn them all on, I get up, and I walk to the front of the door, open to meet somebody. And, man, I look at the door and it's padlocked from the outside and everything's everything's dark inside the windows there and so i grab my light i look in the windows and it's like it's nobody's even in there it's just like it's been left untouched for a while Hmm. and i don't even see nothing with power on either and there's no lights you know and and this time i get that eerie feeling you know like like we're just talking about in your gut you know something's not right yeah (laughs) <laughs> so I walk back to my unit. I radio dispatch, and um, since I'm out there, um, I call dispatch. And I said, "Can you give me the phone number of that person that called?" I said, "Okay." So they send me the phone number. Here I call them, and it comes up disconnected, a disconnected number, because they leave their callback information, and they said her first name, but I cannot remember the first name she gave dispatch. So I, I, I end my call, it's disconnected, and then I call dispatch and I say, uh, um, 393 is their call sign, you know, can you call the RP back and ask them, you know, to come outside and, and greet me? Because maybe we were if they're downstairs or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, dispatch calls back on the radio and says, okay, stand by, I'll try to get a hold of them. And then she comes back on with, like, you can hear it in her voice. And the second she said that, it's like the hair on my neck. So he says it's disconnected. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, man. And then 
at that time it's dark now. It's pitch dark. It's like completely dark. You know, that old lady is not in the sky bright that night. She's just pure dark. Yeah. <laughs> All my lights are on. And immediately I knew, you know, I look and she said, it's uh, disconnected. The hair on my neck stands up and I'm thinking, oh, this is, you know, this is uh, it's one of those calls. So I put my lights towards that gym door and everything's good. I don't hear nobody. I don't hear nothing. It's just, like you said, eerily quiet. Yeah. I can literally hear my boots, like, when you're walking, you know. Mm -hmm. You can hear it on the asphalt and the gravel. And I just hear my unit running. And I said, okay, well, there's nobody here, so I'm going to be, you know, 98. But the dispatcher related that on the phone, that female was concerned, like she was scared to go tell them. So she called us. But, of course, you know, we call it. It's disconnected. Can't get a hold of them. Nobody's there. The chains, uh, the doors padlocked for me outside. And I get in my unit, I lock my doors, I put it in reverse. And, uh, man, just, you know, that feeling when you're turning your back. I pull on the highway there, and I go towards Browning. And I swear, man, it's like you're being watched when you're pulling out of there. Mm. It was just eerie. eerie. And the second I pull them out, like I turn my lights off, and I don't dare want to look in those windows, you know, because <laughs> I know I'm going to see something. So I get on the road, I get by the clinic, and I just kind of open it up, you know, and get going. Like I just go straight to town. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to have any more of those calls that night, you know. Yeah, that place yeah. is pretty spooky. We we had to go in there once. I don't remember what it was for. for um, I just remember there was a bunch of old busted computers in there or something. I, geez, I don't remember what was in there for, but. I I could feel like there was something else there. It's not. It's more than when you're creeping yourself out. It's more than that. There's you feel something. It's not something in your head that's you know making you you know, afraid. It's you feel something in your body. <laughs> there was there was something around there too. I think I understand. Ooh, yeah, I understand yeah. that. Yeah, when I was standing, the second she told me, you know, it's disconnected. You can hear it in her voice when she said that on the radio. <laughs> disconnected and then like, she says she like pauses and that to me and I'm like oh I knew it you know it's just kind of confirming like yeah I'm the only I'm the only living thing out here in this area so the, you know the hair on my neck stands up and it's like yeah I'm just gonna leave you know I don't there's nothing going on here I'm getting out of here you know and you just know when to leave you know that's really weird man yeah that was interesting that was like one of the first calls I've got with myself like that and uh but I have another story about that building. When I was in high school, we must have been seniors. They were having, you know, they used to use that building for like a haunted house during the Halloween season. Eh? Mm -hmm. And so I'd be the guy in the bottom of this really old classroom or storage room. The boards were so old. Like, and I was a big guy then, you know, like I was like standing on there just kind of bending, you know. Mm -hmm. And I have that, I'm the guy with the chainsaw that kind of chases them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So I'm in the basement, and they come down, and uh, I'm standing there, and then thinking, we have another one. So uh, uh, a group just left. They came through. They left. And then I, see, I walk out the door because I see somebody else, and I'm thinking, oh, it's a little, you know, it's a, it's a, like a little kid, you know. I'm thinking all I remember she had was it was a little girl. Mm -hmm. uh, she had like on pink, uh, like a pink uh, jacket on, kind of an older-looking coat. Now that I remember, like, you remember the, must have been like uh, 80s and 90s, I guess, you know, kind of had that neon pink type thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was like one of them fluffy coats back then, and uh, I opened that door, and here I come, you know, me, I come ducking under that door, that chainsaw, and I start it, and then that girl, girl, she freezes, and she looks at me, and she, you know, I could see her. I can't really see her face, because, of course, we have it dim down there, and it's, like, kind of spooky, and. She stares at me, and she kind of freezes. And then I'm like, all right. And then instead of her running out the way she's supposed to, she runs up those, like, she runs and turns around and runs up those stairs. At this time, I'm chasing her. You know, and this time, it was during the football season. just got over, so, you know, still in shape. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't catch that little girl. She was really fast. She goes up those stairs, and I just kind of cut the chainsaw off, and I tell my friends, I said, hey, you know, make sure that little girl's okay. She's coming back up towards you guys. Like, you know, she's lost and like, at least, you know, whatever. 
And they're like, what girl? You know, everybody's like, what girl? And they, they halt everything. Mm-hmm. We look for her, and we, she, never, she, we never find her. Mm-hmm. We never find her. <laughs> so after that, I'm like, yeah, I'm done. I'm not going to do this no more. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to try to play this no more, you know. But I've heard, always heard stories of that school because my mom used to work there. I've heard stories of, like, people past security guards there telling me stories of people or things they would see. Because it used to be like a halfway house, you know, back in the day. Hmm. And they would use it for uh, housing, for, uh, you know, immediate housing for families or, like, a treatment center, if I remember at one time. I'm not sure. Hmm. Or detox or something. But my uncle used to go there a lot. My uncles, and they would tell me stuff they'd see down there, just see things or hear things. Eh? Yeah. And I imagine a lot of people from Heartbeat that are listening here, I imagine they have a lot of stories of that place because I know that place had a lot of stuff there, you know, like you said. There's thing, there was things there, I know it. And uh, that was one time in the... See, I have another story here. Up by uh, the new school in Heartbeat, eh? That place is spooky, too. Like a lot, like I said, a lot of people from Heartbeat know are probably relating to my stories, you know. Yeah. Um... The new school in Hartview. Me and my brother, uh, we grew up together, huh? And uh, really close. And it was me and him and another classmate of mine were close to. His dad ran the computer lab and stuff up there. So we were up there just kind of messing off, finishing stuff up. And uh, there was just three of us in that old building, eh? Yeah. So we uh, in the computer lab at the high school part. Uh, my buddy's there, you know, kind of just like... Uh, Back then, you don't know what he's doing. He's playing like a, like some type of game and just chilling out, finishing up work. So we get done with our business and uh, we're like, all right, we're going to go use the restroom and we'll head out. Eh? And my brother's like, yeah. So we go down there and uh, we, the, you, you know, the heart, have you been in the heartbeat gym? That yeah. Area? The mm-hmm. new one? I've been you know there. Where the bathroom, yeah. You know where the bathrooms are and there's that little water fountain? Yeah. So the girl room is closed, eh? They closed it off. Janitors will close it, turn the lights off. The mail room was open, so we go in the, of course, we go and use the restroom. And we're walking out, and uh, I'm just going to get a drink of water. And then we can hear uh, people talking in that girl's bathroom. And it's dark, eh? Hmm. You hear them talking like girls giggling, you know, and you know how it is in school. They giggle and visit and laugh around. Mm-hmm. And we're just, like, speechless because, you know, then, too, the same thing, you know, the hair on the neck stands up. We're like, oh, holy ass, you know, like, you know. I told my brother, I said, Kika, you know, <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, it's yet, listen. And he's like, oh, yeah, he looks at me, his eyes get big, and we're looking towards there. And that door's kind of closed, and you can see it's dark in there. And who, who would be in there talking in the dark, you know, I mean. Yeah. This was before cell phones were really big, you know. Yeah. It was like 2008, nine, and uh, we freeze, and the hair on the neck stands up. I get I get goosebumps, and I'm like, oh, man. One of those situations, I said, okay, let's go. So we start walking back towards that long hallway, going all the way towards the uh, computer room, and as we turn by this one room, the monitor shuts off. Like, this must be the security system. You can look in that door and see that monitor on it shuts off as we pass it. And so we run. At that point, we sprint down that long hallway. We come around, and we let our bar, our buddy know in that computer lab. He said, hey, you going to be here longer? And he's like, yeah. And we told him what we heard, you know, what we experienced. And he's like, ah, you guys, you know. He's not like traditional. I think he's more of a Christian person, you know. And he's like, ah, you know, whatever. You know, and we're like, you sure? Because we're going to get going, you know. I know you'll be the only one up here. I don't want to leave you, you know. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I'll be all right. <laughs> this time it's snowing outside. It's just about dark. And the lights are on <clears throat> outside. And then on the Hartby High School side where the computer lab is, it's going to be on the, I want to say it's the south door. Mm-hmm. The south door, which I don't know why anyone would use that door other than, you know, like maintenance or something. Something hits that door really loud and, like, try, jiggles it and tries to jerk it open, you know. Hmm. And it's loud. Like, we hear it. We all kind of, like, jump. Like, oh, you know, what is that? Yeah. You know, you're, you're a young kid. You're kind of brave, you know. I run out that door, and 
I creep out and I look and I run out there and I run into that little opening just before uh, they can't get in because those orange uh, like locks are on the door so of course they can't get in. Mm-hmm. I walk up to the window and it's snowing. I look outside, there's no tracks. Nobody coming or going. And uh, our buddy that was saying, no, you know, you guys, and he's seen and witnessed the whole thing. Boy, after that, he sure changed his mind. He's like, hold <laughs> on, boys, don't leave me. And after that point, we're like, we're getting out of here. Like, you're coming or not? And he's like, hold on, boys, don't leave me, because he witnessed the whole thing. <laughs> and so we get out of there, and we drop him off. And, you know, to this day, we still talk about that. We were the only ones up there that time. But, there, you know, there's other stories people have of, like, uh, an older teacher used to tell me, uh, back in the day, there used to be a, a, a kikwan, a, a girl, mm-hmm. in a white dress that would scream her head off in that kitchen area there. Mm-hmm. You tell me, he told me one morning, I don't know why he told me, he just, I just asked him, I said, is, uh, you ever seen anything weird in here? He's like, yeah, and all, you know, every now and then you'll see a white, uh, Girl in a white dress screaming her head off in that kitchen area. I said, well, What do you want? Of course, I was like, Kid, I was like, Oh, you saw that? And he's like, Yeah. He's like, What did you do? He's enough. I don't bother him, you know. I just leave him alone. <laughs> Man, I'd be uh, I'd be bothered, you know, if I heard a girl screaming her head off. Yeah. You know? He's just kind of playing it down like it was nothing. I was like, Man. You know, you know? it gets common to them, I bet, because, you know, uh, Joe Cannon. Ashley and them, they're, they're always up there. It's, what's he cleaning and stuff up there? Not too long ago, she sent me this video and uh, I ran it through my software just to see what the sounds were on it. And because she, yeah. she said I could hear somebody humming on here. Then I hear a little Ooh. boy laugh. And uh, like, what? All right, well, let me look at that. I run it into that software and I can see the sound. And that part where there, I could see where there was somebody humming, I could see that. Yeah, it was. It was a woman. And wow. then toward the end, where they said they, she thought she heard somebody laugh, it was, it, no, it wasn't no little boy. First, it was a woman that start laughing, then it was a man that start laughing, but there was only those three. There was Joe, baby Joe, and her. She was recording them, and they were taking down that flag. She was wow. just recording them, standing there, miss, you know, messing around, and they got that flag down, but it was just a short little video, nothing really on it, and she said, Joe, oh, but we noticed this when we looked back at it, and sure enough, when I ran it through there, there's... There were sounds in there, a man and a woman, and, you know, schools are always really, really haunted, more so than anything that I've heard of. It's schools that are really haunted. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I think it is, too, is, like, all those kids that, all those kids and people, they come from different backgrounds, you know, whatever their lives are, at home and stuff, I think they, you know, things bring, they bring in things, you know. Mm-hmm. And they stay there, eh? Yeah. Because you don't, you don't know what's going on at home, you know. Right. Stuff yeah. like that or where they've been, you know, and I think things just kind of get gathered there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, you know, but I've heard a lot of stories. Uh, it's like, um, see, Joey's my cousin, you know, where it comes at night. Mm-hmm. Um, that story he told uh, was a good one. I'll tell you that one now. Of, uh, that little, they call it Little Durham, but it's that little cut across road to Route 1 and uh, uh, 89 Road by. Uh, Big Badger Road. Mm-hmm. You know that little gravel road there? Yeah, that little cut across. Yeah, Rose, my Rose Cooley. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, one time, uh, she must have been about 2011, I want to say. There was me and uh, my two brothers I grew up with. We were there. And we were parked there, you know, and it was the middle of the night, but one of maybe midnight or so. And it was a pure dark night out. Saying I couldn't see, uh, I don't remember seeing any stars or that old lady, you know, in Kipataki. Or, mm-hmm. but I remember we were there and kind of sitting on the trunk of our car, and we're just kind of visiting. And uh, we noticed, you know, you, in the distance, you see those those uh, security lights, they're orange. And, uh, we see this one light, and I noticed it. And I think, okay, I kind of just noticed it off the distance, and it was coming from uh the southeast from heartbeat area mm-hmm. and we're parked more towards route one up by wishing our lanes more of that side mm-hmm. and we're just sitting there and well we're kind of still on the road we can see the middle of the road and see the in between there 
and I see this thing that catches my eye again because it's moving and it's like it's an orange bright light and it's like bouncing left and right and the way I can explain it is like it's moving you can tell it's moving like like moving because you can see it going over the heels up and going down these little heels and coming up and over and moving more towards the right but the thing I notice is like damn it's moving towards us like it's like basically beelining us huh <laughs> coming at us and I'm like I, I stop my brothers and I say socks it you know look look they look at that light and they're like oh holy yes you know we see that you know we kind of my brother's like you know I know what to do you know not surprised you know he's like well let's you know offer tobacco and make it leave us alone you know mm-hmm. but okay so he does you know he goes and prays with and turn off that thing it leaves us alone it stops and like and uh it's like gone. So we don't, I don't bother us, you know. We just ended up leaving shortly after, though. I didn't want to stay around. <laughs> I wouldn't see that orange light, you know. It was probably about, it got close to 100 yards, I would say. 100, 150 yards, you know. And then after that point, we kind of left, you know. Yeah. But it was the same light. It reminded me of the same lights that Joe Ken said they seen down that way. So I guess it. I've heard, I've heard people say it's like the jogging lantern or something like that, and yeah, stuff like that, you know. But I've seen it with my own eyes. I'm like, yeah, that was. They probably seen us, and it was trying to bother us, you know. Nah, we just left. <laughs> yeah, that's a spirit. I'm convinced that one's a spirit of some yeah, kind, yeah. you know. Yeah, hanging around that area because, uh, you know, uh, Rose Cooley. Those are my family too, from my pot side. Mm. Old Bill Rose is in that area. Mm-hmm. That's another thing they used to say that in Rose Cooley, they used to say there's an old lady there that would follow you uh, on that road, would follow your vehicle, and said she had no face and stuff like that. Mm. And, I, and I asked my dad about it one time. He kind of he joked around, though, but he kind of got mad. He said, "You know, this is your grandparents' land, and that's their area. You know." Yeah. Now, don't get scared, you know, I mean, you don't know what it is if it's at night, but he said, just don't get scared when you go through there, you know, just get to where you're going. So that's the way I always seen it. Every time I would take that road on patrol and stuff or just driving through, you know, I just get to just mind my business, you know. Mm-hmm. In that sense, you know, he was probably just trying to comfort me as a kid, you know. <laughs> he probably he knew something, you know what I mean? Yeah, Narciss, oh, I said it's all right. <laughs> Narciss, he was down there, I guess, um, he was walking away from a party somewhere, but my wife and him were cruising. They were, what would they be heading north? Down yeah. down that way toward Molinum's. And uh, I guess they seen something out in that field. Oh, just running. Just running like crazy. Here it was, ended up being narcissist because they, they stopped. They could see it was somebody when they got closer. It was a person. And yeah, I guess that fence that's right there by the road. Oh, he just cleared it like a you know those hurdle those runners that do yeah. those hurdles. He just cleared yeah. it. Here he had a bunch of beer in his clutching in his chest, and he jumped in with them. He said, "Go, go, go!" And yeah. uh, they got down the road a bit. And he said, "Oh man, I don't know what that was." He says, "But I was walking, and there was something that was kind of following me a little bit." And he says, "Next thing you know, it started chasing me. I still don't know what it was. I guess, and uh, if I remember the story right, that's how he said it. Is this some big dark figure chasing him? <laughs> he ran yeah. out of there. Yeah. Oh, that narcissist. Uh, geez, huh? Yeah, that was Arlen Potts, folks. So next week we talk. Um, it's going to be the Patreon episode, but on that one we talk about." He was—he had a cattle mutilation one time that he had to go and uh, investigate. You know, Arlen was a law enforcement officer for quite a while on the res, and um, he's got a lot of stories about that. And we talk more about uh, UFOs and stuff like that. And toward the end there, we start talking about little people. There's some really good stories about those little people in this one. So, um, yeah, if you ain't a member, become a member. Check it out. Um, thank you for joining us and you know i really appreciate everybody taking interest in this and you know being willing to come on the show you know this geared toward the i'm talking toward the um people that come on all our guests i really appreciate you guys willing to come out and and share like that 
And um, just so everybody knows, these episodes ain't recorded live. I, re- you know, I'll just give you a phone call and we'll we'll talk about everything. And you know, at any time you can say, "Hey, I don't want that in there. I don't want this in there. Edit that." You know, at any time. It, it's really relaxing. It's not not meant to be you know stressful or anything we just come in here and visit basically and swap ghost stories it's it's pretty good so if you're afraid or you're nervous don't worry about it it's really not that big of a deal it's more better for i mean all of us just to hear more stories so yeah if if you have stories and you're kind of you're kind of on the fence about if you should share or not just remember, it's really a relaxing environment. It's not, it's not stressful or anything. It's it's pretty chilled out and and cool. So, yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, and until next time.